1: This is episode 154 being recorded on Tuesday, November 27th, 2018. I'm your host, Jason, Retail Geek Goldberg, and as usual, I'm here with your co-host, Scott Wingo. Hey, Jason, and welcome back, Jason and Scott Show listeners. We sincerely hope you
0: had a great Thanksgiving, an awesome, profitable Black Friday, and a
1: record-shattering Cyber Monday. Jason, did you get enough turkey over the break? I did indeed. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, My two favorite things, shopping and eating.
0: Yummy. I've been dying to ask you two questions. What's your favorite uh, pie? If pie is your favorite Thanksgiving dessert, which pie? Uh, And if not, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dessert?
1: I feel like I'm a a traditionalist. I go with a pumpkin pie with whipped cream on it. Ooh! What about yourself?
0: I am a southerner, so it has to be Pecan pie uh, with a little scoop of
1: ice cream. So my uh, grandmother's family, my grandma Daisy, who's no longer with us, is also a southerner. And we always uh, followed her Thanksgiving traditions. But oddly, somehow, somewhere along the line, uh, she added a German chocolate cake to the mix. So full disclosure, uh, I sort of miss, uh, now that she's not with us anymore, the uh, grandma Daisy's German chocolate cake in addition to my pumpkin and pecan pies. Maybe she was Southern German. Exactly. (laughs) Daisy just was ahead of her time. She was just uh, multicultural.
0: Yeah. And then I've been dying to know how you survived when Starbucks closed for a day.
1: That is a great question. Uh, There have been years when that was a challenge for me, but I feel like at this advanced stage of my life, I have pretty much mastered it. So, A, Starbucks wasn't closed. They uh, Several of the Star tra- Starbucks strategically close early, so I like to make a visit before they close. Um, and then, uh, B, as a backup to Starbucks, I do have a super fancy automatic espresso machine that that makes my Starbucks drinks at home.
0: Cool. And I saw you have published a couple articles before we jump into the meat of the show. Tell us, tell us what you've been putting out there into the interwebs.
1: Yeah, uh I was prolific uh that, the time off uh, gave me a chance to catch up on a few things I've been meaning to do so um uh, you and I are both Forbes contributors so I, I published a Forbes article today um and uh, it's about a topic we first started broke on the uh the podcast it's called the, the future of brick and mortar is mobile and it's talking about all these new uh store concepts that are opening up and and how uh the customers mobile phone is increasingly becoming a mandatory uh, part of the in-store shopping experience. And and increasingly, you need a mobile phone to get into the store. So that that was interesting to me. And then uh, I did do an interview in eMarketer uh, all about the Amazon Go store. So again, probably not any uh, opinions that would be uh, new or surprising to Jason and Scott show listeners, but uh, it was a, a, a nice, concise article of sort of w- at least where I think the the Amazon Go stores are going, so I'll I'll post uh, links to both of those in the show notes.
0: Cool. Well, this is kind of a the first of a trilogy of shows we're putting together uh, that really are looking at kind of the the halftime report of where we are uh, as far as holiday eighteen is concerned. We're recording this the day after Cyber Monday, so we've got those key. Five days uh, out there and some data starting to roll in uh, and then our next two guests on the show are going to come with uh, some more proprietary data. So today we're going to do kind of a hot take on what we're seeing out there uh, from the published results uh, from all kinds of sources that, that we'll try to footnote as we go through uh, and we want to jump into that and it wouldn't be a Jason Scott show without some Amazon news to kick it off. Amazon News. Your margin is their opportunity. So Amazon is one of the most secretive companies you'll ever come across, and Holiday is no exception. Typically, they they did issue a press release, which was, uh, some of it was interesting and and revealing, and others of it was frustratingly cloaked. Uh, So I just wanted to walk through some of the highlights there. Uh, The first highlight is they introduced a new term where Amazon is calling it, instead of, I like the Cyber Five, they're calling it the Turkey Five. Jason, what do you think about this rebranding of the five days from Black Friday to Cyber Monday?
1: So I think uh, I don't consider it rebranding. I think both terms are important. So um, you were actually the first person I heard use Cyber Five, and it was quite some time ago, way before the podcast, and so I've embraced that when I'm talking about e-commerce sales over those five-day periods. But when I'm talking about omni-channel sales and brick-and-mortar sales, then I, I feel like we need uh, to talk about the turkey five.
0: Oh, OK. Wow. Nice. They, they can both live together. How? Wow. Um, so what? Uh, some of the highlights of what Amazon announced, they announced that Cyber Monday was their biggest day ever. Uh, And they sold millions, quote unquote millions, which, uh, you know, I think is a range between one and a hundred million. I don't know. A thousand million. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to range that. (laughs) I know it starts at one and goes to infinity. Um, So millions, quote unquote millions of Amazon devices were sold. The new Echo Dot was the top Amazon device. They sold millions more on this Turkey 5 versus last over 18 million toys uh, and then over 13 million fashion items. And and I always find it interesting to think through, and some of this is probably uh, too much mind reading, um, but uh, there's a little teed leaf reading that goes on here. You know, why do they pick out these two categories? I think the toy one is kind of like, hey, we're picking up that Toys R Us business that evaporated out there. Uh, And then fashion, everyone, there's been a lot of negative kind of Amazon fashion stories where people are saying, you know, they're not really doing well there. Fashion designers aren't embracing Amazon. So this one I thought was just a little bit of a, hey, fashion industry, check us out. Have, you know, we sold over 13 million fashion items. So I thought that was interesting. Those two call outs. Uh, and then this is the most revealing data point. They said in total, uh, and I believe this is a U.S. number, uh, over 180 million items were sold over the Turkey five. Uh, and when I kind of do the math on that, if we assume kind of a $50 average order value that comes in kind of 9 billion, uh, now sometimes, so, so Amazon average order value is tricky because sometimes they include, they didn't say if this was paid or unpaid items. I assume this is paid items. Uh unpaid items would be free books through Kindle stuff there's free apps and all kinds of stuff like that um so this could be as high of a, as a seventy five dollar uh a s p That would put it more at like kind of twelve thirteen billion dollars so that was interesting to actually kind of put a number out there that I could actually anchor off of and get to a real number that's the first time I'm even close to that um, It did say third party sales grew twenty percent year over year which is pretty good you know I would expect. Uh, so, so you know, e-commerce is growing around 15% according to the U.S. Census and ComScore. Um, Amazon has been growing in the mid to high 20s. So it's actually a little low, I felt, for this third-party data point, if I understood the metric right, uh, to only grow 20% year over year. Uh, and then a couple of other highlights, they said Black Friday alone, 4 million toys and electronics were sold via the mobile app. So, I think there they're highlighting you know i think they're they're talking a little bit about showrooming where I think they're trying to to hint that people are out in the stores shopping toys and electronics on Amazon from their phones while they're out uh, in the retail world um, a couple other highlights, some of the top sellers uh obviously Amazon devices everywhere you go you see that mentioned uh so this is going to be a uh, definitely a a, a Uh, Echo Christmas. There's going to be a lot more Echo devices out in the world after this holiday. It looks like Uh, Instapot, the classic uh, is a top seller. Uh, I am now seeing Instapot everywhere. So around prime day, you only saw it at uh, Amazon. And now I can't run into a store without tripping over five Instapots. Uh, Nintendo switch is hot this year, which is kind of funny. You know, I think that's a three year old platform, maybe four years old. Uh, So that's a platform that's been around a while, but has kind of a new breath of life. So Jason what did what did you think of Amazon's results on Turkey 5?
1: Yeah, um well, it's always interesting to try to parse anything out of their press releases because that, you know, they're they're pretty expert at giving you these numbers that we don't have any frame of reference for, right? Like everything's the biggest ever, but you know, they set all these records last year, so if they were 0.1% growth, it would be it would still be the biggest ever, and they, you know, they give you this many items in these vague categories. Uh, you know, it, it's obvious they're trying to paint a a, a rosy picture without uh, disclosing too much real information. Um, but to me, some of the things that jump out, like your math, is super interesting. If we take that fifty dollar AOV and say they're like, you know, we'll, you know, nine billion to twelve billion, that puts them at a third to about a half of what Adobe predicted uh, overall e-commerce sales were for the, the, uh, cyber five. So normally we think of Amazon as being about half of e-commerce. So if they're only a third to a half of cyber five e-commerce, that actually means other retailers are doing a better job of, of grabbing a little bit of that traffic. So that to me is interesting. It, it does make sense to me that three P sales, uh, wouldn't be growing as fast on cyber five because I think, Amazon promotes the bejesus out of the amazon owned products, particularly the echoes and fires, and the rings were heavily promoted um and so you know when they're selling not even just one p items but amazon owned brands so heavily it kind of crowds out the the three p a little bit um and it is interesting to me you know this these guys are you know increasingly becoming the largest retailer in north america um and on the biggest sales days of the year the things they're able to sell the most of are the things they own, which is, like, completely unique. Like, you you know, prior to Amazon, you know, Craftsman was not the number one selling item at Sears on Black Friday, for example. Um, so that feels like a, a sort of interesting uh, trend. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting when we get some of the other guests on that have some data sets to kind of get their point of view about all that.
0: Very cool. Now, Adobe has been... Um, Probably the most prolific this holiday with getting their data out, which is interesting because I haven't seen – last couple of years, IBM made a big push, but I didn't see them uh, out there really – pushing hard on the data. So it's almost like a one kind of company show now with Adobe. Uh, And I know you gathered some of the highlights. What what did you see there? Uh, And we we don't want to spoil it for, for we have uh, someone from Adobe coming on the next show, so we don't want to spoil too much, but what were some of the highlights you saw?
1: Yeah. So uh, just a quick primer on data sources. Um, The, you're absolutely right. Like the the most ubiquitous, best data source out there that I use the most to t- kind of track it is Adobe. Um, there's three big analytics platforms that e-commerce sites tend to use, Adobe, IBM, and Google. Um, Google, you know, has never like had an evangelist kind of, you know, posting real-time data out there. Um, IBM some years does, some years doesn't. Uh, they actually had a very meaningful outage on their analytics platform this year, which we 'll talk about a little later um so even if they were planning on it, I suspect they they bailed when they started having problems um and Adobe did a phenomenal job so we'll we 'll hear specifically from Adobe tomorrow but just so listeners have sort of a frame of reference, Adobe is heavily used by the largest uh brick and mortar retailers in in North America, so I feel like they're they're Data ranges a, a very broad set of retailers from sort of medium sized to very big. Uh, you know, they don't have much data from Amazon, who doesn't use any of these platforms for their main main site. Um, but so to me, Adobe is kind of the broadest and definitely best representation of the biggest sites that are most meaningful. um I do have some uh, data from Shopify, which I think of as sort of the long tail. So it's interesting to see what's going on there. Uh, and then we do get some data from uh, Salesforce, which is Salesforce Commerce Cloud is the old Demandware e-commerce platform. And to me, Demandware is a little more nichey. It's kind of in the middle between uh, the really big sites and the, the long tail. It's these like pretty darn big, predominantly apparel sites, for example, Um And so it's just it's interesting to see where the data matches between those different sets and where it's different. Um, But to kind of tee things up, Adobe gives us a number for every day of uh, Cyber 5. So Thursday was 30, uh, 3.7 billion, uh, which is up 28 percent. Friday was 6.2 billion, which is up 23.6 percent. Saturday was 3.2 billion um, which is up 25%. Sunday was, uh, 3.2 billion, which was up 25%. Monday, the biggest uh, day ever for, for e-commerce was seven in North America is 7.9 billion, which was up 29%. So, uh, hopefully you're not doing math while you're driving in the car. You add up those five days and there were $23.1 billion worth of sales, uh, during those, those five days. Um, I just realized I had a slight error in my spreadsheet, so we'll actually slightly amend that and call it twenty four point one billion in in sales over those five days, um, and the growth for all five days was about twenty six percent. And what's interesting about that is Adobe predicts one hundred twenty four billion for the entire November December period and a growth of like fourteen point eight percent, which is kind of similar to all the other e commerce estimates we see in that kind of fifteen to sixteen percent. And so you go wait. These five days grew twenty six percent. They represent about fifteen percent of the whole holiday, right there. Um, you know, or uh, about nineteen percent of the whole holiday, right there. So it's it's uh, it's interesting that that uh, it seems like these days are getting the disproportionate amount of the the growth. And so you sometimes hear talks about how promotions are stretching out longer, and and that's stretching out sales. But the data makes it seem like. Uh, people are still very habituated to shop on these on these five Cyber Five days. Very cool. Uh, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, keep going. I was just going to add. So then, uh, Shopify doesn't provide super granular data, uh, but they did give us an insight that on the the four days between Thanksgiving and and uh, Cyber Monday, they sold about one point six billion and about one point eight billion over the Cyber Five. So, if that's true uh again adobe says 24 billion sold all over the cyber 5 and shopify alone sold 1.8 billion that would put shopify at about 7.5% of all cyber 5 sales um which uh i kind of doubt year round that they have that big a market share um again we don't have good data to know for sure uh it's believable to me that more shopping shifts to to some of the shopify sites over holidays, so uh, I don't know what do you what what's your initial reaction on that Scott could you
0: it feels high you know um, but it's, it's hard to say the the thing that always confounds me about some of these things is when you add up the pie slices, I always get up to like hundred and thirty percent so so no matter you know whether it's holiday data or quarterly data or annual data, I, I always get a little confused by how all this stuff adds up to to the numbers it's supposed to.
1: Yep. Um, And so then if you compare that, so again, if that Adobe is kind of this broad look, if you look at like um, uh, Salesforce, uh, you see like more of like a 16% growth for e-commerce, you see traffic going 9%. Um, What's what's interesting to me about uh, Salesforce is they share some of their mobile numbers. And uh, Salesforce says that like 62% of all their traffic was mobile. Um and uh forty-five percent of all their sales was mobile on Cyber Monday, for example. And on uh uh Black Friday, mobile actually peaked at slightly over 50% of all uh, uh of all sales. So so you know, in the demandware ecosystem, the majority uh a strong majority of traffic is mobile and uh almost half of all orders is uh of of revenue is mobile. Um, orders are actually number of orders is actually even a little higher. So if you think about like, you've got dollars in sales, you've got number of orders and you've got traffic, um, the the Salesforce numbers look kind of like the Shopify numbers for mobile. So um, we have a couple vendors that share their data that mainly live on the Shopify platform, and um, uh, SwimIt was one that that talked to you on on uh, Twitter, and they were claiming seventy three percent of their shoppers were mobile, and sixty two percent of their their shop their purchases were mobile. Those mobile numbers are way higher than what we see from Adobe, where it's going to be something like forty-five percent of traffic was mobile, and only like thirty or you know thirty-five of, percent of orders were mobile. So it's going to be interesting to to talk to Adobe about about that. If it is in their mind true that this longer tail is more mobile than than their whole user base, or what what we're missing there.
0: Yeah, and I also wonder if Adobe is including any Magento data because historically it was mostly kind of that omniture type data right that they were effectively tapping into um so i wonder if they're able to pull in the magento data and, and kind of include that in their analysis
1: yeah so that will be interesting i i'm gonna uh my guess is gonna be no for this year the merger wasn't that long ago um and remember uh magento can't see the majority of their data so most people are running magento on prem. they they have the software but magento wouldn't necessarily know what their their revenue was unless they happen to be, you know, one of the the minority of Magento customers that's hosted. Uh, yeah, that's true. I forgot that they were more of an installed versus hosted.
0: Yep. Um, so, so if we bottom line this, it feels like online, we're definitely kind of more in the 20 to 30% range versus kind of the traditional 15. So that, that feels good. And then it feels like uh, brick and mortar is a little slow.
1: Yeah. So uh, do you we, agree or disagree? Uh, well, it depends on what you mean by slow. So, uh, well, they
0: had been growing at kind of like three or 4%, right? Kind of mid single digits. Yeah.
1: So MasterCard, um, says that like on Black Friday, uh, brick and mortar sales were up 9%. Um, there, that sounds ma- good. Yeah. That sounds great. MasterCard is predicting that November, December sales will be up, Five percent. Right. And of course, you know, you can imagine what MasterCard's data set is. They have like like, a, you know, a third of all the credit card sales. Um, so so those are good numbers. Um, there's a couple companies that rent hardware to retailers that get installed on the front door of the store to measure traffic in the store. So one of those companies is called Shopper Trek and the other is called Retail Next. They aggregate all their data as traffic data, and so ShopperTrack says that traffic was down one percent over the holiday, uh, over Black Friday. Um, RetailNext said the traffic was down five to nine percent. Um, so I, uh, they they do tend to attract slightly different customers. So as I sit here, I can't tell you exactly what categories they tend to be strong in, but that sounds to me like fewer people are. Um, going to the store than they have in years past. And yet we still see higher sales in the store than we have in years past, which just means the conversion rate of shoppers to buyers is higher and the amount they're spending when they're in the store is higher. Um, And so you add all that up, uh, you know, I think before the holiday started, people were kind of forecasting the like 16% e-commerce growth, like, uh, you know, three to 4% brick and mortar growth. Um, I think it's possible we're going to see like five percent e-commerce or brick and mortar growth, which would be the biggest year since 2011. So we may see some big numbers on the revenue side. Um, what I'm more worried about is that it it potentially was super promotional revenue, and so the earnings may may suffer. Uh, that that commonly is the yin and yang of, of holiday sales.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, we won't have a read on that until some of the January data starts to come out, right? The Q4 Uh, results.
1: Exactly. It mostly shows up in earnings where people are like, oh, we hit our revenue goals, but we missed our earnings goals. Uh, Adobe does get to see some interesting promotional data. So uh, when they're on, we'll we'll, we'll definitely get their perspective about whether the holiday felt online more, less, or the same promotional as past years. Cool. A couple
0: other themes I saw out there. Um, there was this kind of "Is Black Friday dead?" Uh, a lot of this circles around, um, you know, the thematic mall, mallageddon. Um, you know, everyone is. There's a whole controversy around the opening on Thanksgiving Day itself, and some retailers like REI uh, are kind of taking a big stand on that. Others are kind of nudging that up even more and more, and they're doing their doorbusters around that. So there was a NRF had some data out where they they effectively had several buckets of of uh, shoppers they reported on. So they said forty one point four million people shopped online only from Thanksgiving to Cyber Monday. So the the I guess we'll call that the Cyber Five, Um, and that's six point four million more who then shopped exclusively in stores. So they have uh, an online exclusive bucket store exclusive bucket and then they have an omni-channel bucket uh and then the omni-channel uh bucket they say 89.7 million omni-channel shoppers so let's see um and then they are calling oh okay then they they actually reference the adobe data so um so I thought that was interesting. Um, and there was an article that was kind of saying because more people shopped online than offline during that period, uh, it was kind of the end of the traditional black Friday, you know, brick and mortar holiday, uh, discount holiday, uh, any reaction to that?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you hear two reasons black Friday is going away because people are shifting to online and because, uh, black Friday's, you know, creeping earlier to, to Thursday night. Um, I, uh, it didn't feel like, um, more stores open on Thursdays than did years past. So I don't think that really affected black Friday. Um, I, I do think per that NRF data more, uh, if you're only going to do one or the other, there are more people that are opting for the convenience of, of, uh, of online shopping. Um, and that, that seems reflected in the, the few data sets we have that show store traffic was down slightly. Um, but honestly, it doesn't feel like a a dramatic uh shift to me um over your you know it seems very uh linear change versus sort of an exponential change and i I think all this is happening in a climate in which um like most of the consumer macroeconomic factors are really favorable and particularly for the first time in a long time, the macroeconomic factors for low income shoppers are favorable, and those are the shoppers. That are least likely to shop online, right? Like, so that's the the low income Walmart shopper uh, probably feels like they have more money in their pocket than they have the last several holidays, um, and uh, and so I, I feel like you know some of the, the the trends that we try to predict like get obfuscated by the fact that there probably just are more people shopping and more people spending money this year than than, we, than we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, so that's that's a good problem, but it makes it hard to really really have a strong opinion I, I have I will say one other data point I saw um, from the Adobe data is that uh, buy online pickup in store orders were up 50 percent over a year past so I think like jiving with the NRF data what we're seeing is that the this notion of these being separate channels is going away and people are increasingly using digital tools whether they go to the store or not. Um, and you, you know, you tease me for talking too much about grocery on the show. Uh, I feel like this is probably the first year when people could, uh, potentially buy online curbside, pick up their, their, um, ingredients for their Thanksgiving dinner. And so I haven't seen any data on that yet, but I, but I, I know as an amenity, digital grocery shopping was available to many more consumers this year than ever before. And so I'm going to be really interested to see if shoppers took advantage of that and if that, you know, changes behavior and all of those sorts of things. So I think there's going to be a lot of fun fallout to follow from this holiday period for the next several months. We should keep doing the podcast.
0: We, we will. Uh, another theme that was interesting and you you kind of uh, touched on this a little bit was outages. Uh, Amazon seemed to be pretty robust. Facebook had an outage kind of like right around Thanksgiving. So a lot of people were freaking out. I don't think that was related to at all, but it was kind of a, you know that was interesting, uh, and then you had mentioned Core Metrics had an outage. Uh, Amazon, I think, had a rougher Prime Day than they did Cyber Monday, and and so that's interesting. It seems like they must have tweaked whatever they had some blips on on Prime Day. It's a good warm up for Cyber Monday. Um, I did see some articles that highlighted some other stuff. It's hard in today's news climate to know kind of what exactly is going on and how how bad it is. What what did you see as far as averages?
1: Yeah, I, I think there were some partial, out, I mean, a number of retailers saw some partial out, outages for, you know, for some subset of all the people that tried to get to the site for some small period of time during the day. And it's really hard to size how significant those are. I would, a uh, slight side note on the Facebook one, uh, when Facebook has an outage, it has an impact on e-commerce in an unexpected way. Uh, there's a fair amount of e-commerce sites that let you use your Facebook credential As the keys to your e-commerce account and your stored payment information, so it is possible when Facebook's down um, that that people can't log into their account on an e-commerce site and and shop. So it it has the potential to have that impact. And Facebook tags are all over these e-commerce sites, so if an if the outage, and I don't think this was such an outage, causes those tags to not respond, um, it can really have a material impact on the page load speed on all these e-commerce sites. So there's a ton of best practices uh, that sites should do to mitigate those risks, and, and frankly, way, way too many sites do due to those best practices. So it's always surprising to me. Um, but you referenced IBM and their analytics package, which I think officially is now called IBM analytics, but, uh, uh all us old timers would know it as core metrics. Um, and from my perspective, they had a pretty catastrophic outage. So I think they were out, uh, for most of, uh, Black Friday and then, uh, uh were able to resolve their issues and then they had another significant outage for most of um uh cyber monday um and so that's a huge deal if you're running a site and you're using the analytics to make decisions about um you know uh whether you should get more or less promotional um you know what what uh marketing you should be doing on the site how much additional email you should send you know that data from that, from your analytics platform is critical. Um, and, uh, you know, so having your analytics platform out is a huge deal. I, I will tell you, uh, I had several clients that, that had an outage. And the only reason that they weren't furious is, um, because many of them are now using more than one analytics package. So pretty common that you had IBM and Google, um, which meant you were exclusively using Google for the holiday. Um, and it probably is not going to bode well the next time, you know, IBM comes to have you re-up your, your contract. Um, And you had this outage at the most important time and you, you were forced to use Google and probably found out that, that, that Google met most of your needs. So I I think from a business standpoint that, that uh, IBM analytics outage is going to be pretty catastrophic. I think they were probably struggling to maintain market share against Adobe and Google anyway. And so this is probably going to be a, um, another black eye to them in that regard um now did a uh, quick question did yeah. this
0: so so I know that most sites um you know almost every page of a site will will reference the the underlying analytics system and there's all this tagging and stuff um did this cause the retailer sites to either go down or be sluggish, or do those guys? all correctly have that kind of asynchronous so that if it's down, it doesn't really.
1: Exactly. So what you want and what the, in fairness to all these vendors, at least the the analytics vendors sort of beg you to do is have these tags load asynchronously, which essentially means it doesn't block anything from happening um, lower on the page from still happening while that tag loads. And so um, it's still, even when you load it asynchronously, there are still, you know, some ways in which it's, it's hurting your rendering budget, but um, but the impact is much lower than having the screen be white while you wait for that tag to fail. And so for analytics, most people have them well implemented, and I didn't hear about any anyone that had core metrics tags blocking their whole site. Um, you do like to also put all these vendors at the end of the page, but for analytics – Um, that means you miss out on a lot more analytics if someone like interrupts a page from completely loading or, or clicks away from a page before it fully renders. And so, you know, the analytics vendors like to have their, their tags at the very top of the page. So when there's an outage, it's even a little more prominent. So, um, bad deal all around, but to my knowledge, there were no, there were no sites that were like literally white pages while they were waiting to find out that that the IBM tags didn't work. Um, I don't think Google Analytics had any problems, but Google had a problem with their ad platform uh, over the holiday. And I know that impacted a lot of people's promotional plans um, that, you know, I I felt like there are a a, a number of clients that had um, planned spends and open the spends that they, you know, were going to make over holiday, depending on how things went. And they literally were like locked out of uh, their AdWords account and weren't able to make some of the adjustments that they intended to make.
0: Yeah the the Facebook ad platform was down during their outage as well so there could be some pretty material ad revenue lost on those days you would think
1: Yeah that digital marketing tends to be about the third highest uh uh source of traffic to these sites so that's a big deal and then uh the retailer that um I think got the most news for having a complete outage uh unfortunately was J crew um and so they uh, had a very aggressive sale um they were they were offering fifty percent off on everything and i think they were they're down for like the majority of of uh uh black black friday so that's a a pretty tough outage i know that like uh they probably offered to extend that sale um extra days to try to catch that that revenue but in most cases you know a shopper likely moved to some other other uh site and spent that money somewhere else so so you know that that's pretty material impact to be down that long on this holiday. So, uh, sorry for my friends at J crew. Um, and that's probably going to be a perfect place to wrap it. We promised to keep this as a short, concise show just about the holiday. Um, if, uh, Folks have any comments or questions, as always, we encourage you to jump on our Facebook page and we'll continue the dialogue there. Um, As always, if you found the show useful, we'd love it if you jump on iTunes and give us that five-star review.
0: Thanks, everyone. We hope that your Cyber 5 slash Turkey 5 crushed all your expectations and that you are
1: going to finish strong in Holiday 18. Absolutely. And until next time, happy commercing.